late night emergency podcast recording. It is 1.21 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in beautiful Los Angeles, California. Well, beautiful most of the time. Lately, not so great. We've had a lot of rain. I'm sure if you don't live here, you saw that on the news. It's always like news when there's rain here because people can't drive in the rain and it's a total disaster. So, um, yeah, so it is, oh, it's, it's 2022. Uh, this is it. It's a new year. You know, I, I wanted to do this last night, but I wasn't, I wasn't feeling great. So here I am today. It is, well, it's the night of January 1st leading into January 2nd. So, you know, soon enough, it's fine. I did it, you know, ASAP, as soon as I could. Um, <laughs> the reason I wanted to record right now is because I have, I have a tweet that's like doing pretty big numbers right now on, you know, my favorite website in the world, twitter.com. Um, and it's a tweet that was inspired by an argument I had with a man on Facebook because that's what you do when your life is going well. You argue with people on Facebook. And the argument was, well, it originated with, um, I guess there's like a TikTok going around where a woman, I she went on a date with a guy and he was upset that, I don't know, he didn't like what she, or they went to dinner at a restaurant. He didn't like that, you know, she ordered something that he felt was expensive and he paid for the date. And then he was mad about that later on uh, because I guess things didn't work out between them. And then he was trying to like ask her to pay him back, which is insane. He asked her on the date and he planned the place and then he's like weaponizing all of this against her by being like, well, you know, you ordered the most expensive thing on the menu. And she said she didn't. She ordered like a chicken dish, which I'm sure was not the most expensive thing on the menu. Long story short, folks, we're in a culture war and it's between people who hate women and people who don't hate women, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Things are crazy on the internet right now. Like there really are a lot of like weird pockets of misogyny that I keep finding everywhere. And I think I've talked about this book before, but Laura Bates had a, has a book called um, Men Who Hate Women. And she talks about all the different subsets of, you know, misogynist type um, thought. So she talks about incel, she talks about pickup culture, um, there's all these different groups that sort of like feed off of each other. She talks about people who follow Jordan Peterson. Um, even though Jordan Peterson says a lot of things that these incel types disagree with, but they conveniently never comment on that. You know, people just love to cherry pick whatever they want to believe. So anyway, long story short, um, one of my friends reposted the story about the TikTok and she was like, you know, I've never, I've never, uh, you know, paid on a date. I've never taken out uh, my wallet on a date. I would never do that. And it's like, um, 
yeah, that's how it should be usually. And men are salty about this, I've noticed, because, well, first of all, okay, they want your attention, they want to have sex with you, and then they get mad when they have to pay for your dinner, which is insane, because there's multiple layers to this, right? So men want your company, they ask for your company, they ask you on a date, they choose a place, and they should pay for it, you know, I think, because, I don't know, I, I'm not like an old-fashioned person, but I think if a man asks you on a date, he should be paying. I think the person doing the asking should be doing the paying, basically. And then when you're in a relationship, yeah, fine, you can split costs for things, as long as, you know, your partner isn't making a hugely exorbitant amount of money, um then maybe it's like more fair for them to pay more. I don't know. We're getting into all these intricacies. But anyway, so this man comments on the thread and he's like, well, um, you know, it's more and more common for men and women to split these days. And it's just like, okay, like, why are you even bringing this up? And <laughs> the the conversation basically devolved into him talking about... Um, we were talking about the wage gap, right? And I have to jump in there. I have to jump in there because I'm bored. And what else am I going to do in the afternoon on New Year's Eve? And, you know, he's saying like, oh, well, you know, there's only a wage gap because men do the important jobs like building skyscrapers and repairing the roads and joining the military, all of which are not high-paying jobs if you're doing actual manual labor. They are not. If you're the person who owns the company that builds skyscrapers or you're an architect or an engineer, yeah, you're probably doing well. But if you're like the actual person doing the manual labor, like you're, I don't know, you probably make a decent living, but you're not wealthy. So anyway, you know, I get in there, I'm like arguing with him. I'm like, you know, women, women do jobs that a lot of people don't want to do because, uh, you know, women do a lot of like caretaking jobs. They teach a lot. Um, nursing is a huge thing. You know, healthcare is, is mostly women. I mean, besides doctors, obviously. Except I don't know the stats on like the, the gender split on doctors now. I'm sure there's more women doctors now, but I don't know what it was, you know, in the last decades. But I, you know, I was telling him, well, there, there is a wage gap because he was trying to say, well, there's no wage gap because women, you know, choose to be in these, in these low paying jobs. And it's like, well, somebody has to do these jobs. They are important. And, you know, I think women also, you know, a lot of women who he was insulting also like stay at home moms and stuff. And I was just like, that's a hard job. And no, it doesn't pay in actual cash, right? But it's really difficult. You're balancing all these things. You're raising children. You're doing all this domestic work and you're doing it, you know, probably, you're probably not being thanked by your partner. I don't know. I'm just like imagining your average stay-at-home mother who feels frustrated. And these are, this is work that holds up society, right? It's the backbone of our society. And when women stay at home and raise their kids, they don't make money. 
And if they worked before, they're losing valuable, precious time in building their career, building their income, which they lose out on. And then when their kids are older, they go back in the workforce and they aren't able to get, you know, jobs at a more experienced level and they end up making less money for the rest of their lives. This is just like facts and stats, you know? And this guy's just like, oh, oh, oh you're not listening to me. I'm like, actually, you're not listening to me. You know, they it, it, they always love to say like, oh, you're not listening to me. And it's like, no, you're not listening to a woman who is listening to, hold on, I have to like pause for one second, hold on. Sorry, I had to take a break to respond to somebody on Twitter who was trying to say they never heard of me. It's a long story, but I'm in so many like feuds right now <laughs> on the internet. Anyway, so let me just read you the tweet that's like doing numbers right now. The tweet says, argued with a man today who tried to say there's a wage gap because women don't do quote, important jobs like men do, such as quote, building skyscrapers or repairing roads. Does this man build skyscrapers or repair roads? No, he does the most important job of all time, stand-up comedy. Now, the joke here is that stand-up comedy is not important, and I feel confident saying that because I do stand-up comedy, and it's honestly the worst thing you could dedicate your life to. I have so many regrets, which is fine. You know, we you live and you learn, okay? But so far, this has over 9,000 likes. I'm sure it'll hit 10k, which is great for me because um, I love high performing tweets. Of course, this isn't viral. If it's viral, I would say it has to have over 200k probably likes. I don't know, 200, 100? I don't know. I need a big tweet. I need a, I need a bigger tweet than this. But anyway, this tweet has brought out the woodwork of the, the rudest fucking incel losers who like to go on the internet and be rude to women who speak on things. And frankly, that is the story of my life. I feel like a prophet, you know, who has <laughs> come to this world, you know, in this beautiful physical form of a curvy Latina Italian woman. And I'm constantly fighting with these people. I don't know why. I don't know what I did in a past life, but I'm here as a prophet and I'm constantly being fought against. That's how I know I'm actually like doing something important because people, people get mad at me when I state my opinions. I mean, I wouldn't say it's simply because I'm a woman, but it's, it's because I am very outspoken of things I have to say and I'm not an idiot. And people, you know, a lot of people are idiots. So, you know, good luck to them. But I do feel like people love to just like try to like single me and they try to be like, oh, well, you're, you know, you're just like a dumb bitch. It's like, yeah, I know. Like somebody tried to insult me the other day by saying, I, I think you have an emotional problem. I was like, yeah, no, they said, I think you're, I think you're emotionally unwell. And I was like, yeah, I am. So what? Just like own it. Just own the shit that they're saying to you, you know? So anyway, it's 2022. <laughs> Man, like the last two years, like, ugh, 
have been a challenge, right? You know, the pandemic is still going. And by the way, um, I don't care if you believe in astrology or it, astrology is not a belief system, as I've talked about before. It is not a belief system. It's based on literal mathematical and uh, um, mathematical and well, it's it's based on literal calculations of positions of stars and planets in the sky. So it's not a thing to believe in or not because the stars in the sky are real, right? I don't know. You're always going to get people who argue with you on shit like that. They're going to be like, no, I'm a solipsist and I don't think, I don't think the stars exist. I think only I exist. Well, shut up. Well, they don't, they're not smart enough to know what solipsism is, but I am. Okay. I've had some white claws. So if I, <laughs> I hope I don't sound too drunk. I'm not that drunk though. I've had a few. So, um, I have heard astrologers say that the pandemic could last up to four years, which, um, you know, great. Um, <laughs> I believe it because, you know, obviously, like, people just aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And they're like, oh, I don't want to wear a mask, you know, like, I, you know, I want I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be able to go to the, the shopping mall and get a pretzel and, and breathe on people. Shut up. I don't know. I saw a guy who... <laughs> This guy I know in Colorado who, okay, I may or may not have hooked up with him, but he, um, the last time I saw him, he was saying like, oh, masks are, masks are stupid. I can't believe you wear a mask. Um, cause I was telling him like in LA, everybody wears a mask here because I mean, you have to, and it's honestly just like the smartest thing to do because there's so many people here. And now they're saying that this new variant of the virus, Omicron, that it stays suspended in the air for up to two hours. So you can literally walk through a cloud of somebody's fucking breath mist and inhale this virus, which I don't want to do. So yeah, I wear a mask, like even outside when I'm walking around on the sidewalk. Well, mostly like if I'm walking around like near my workplace because I'm in Hollywood and God knows what the fuck is going on on the street in Hollywood, horrible things. So yeah, I wear a mask and he was just like, well, I can't believe you do that. You know, you're, you're like conforming. And I'm like, I'm not conforming. I like don't want to get sick. I've made it this far without getting COVID and I would love to make it the rest of the time this is going on to not get COVID because it sounds fucking awful. You know, I've read all these articles about people with long COVID, people who get um, parasomnia. That's where you can't like, that's where your, um, your food like smells and tastes like trash and like horrible other things. I don't want that. It sounds fucking miserable. Like people are really suffering from that shit and people are still like denying it. And what I think it ultimately comes down to is that people are the reason they do this the reason they deny the virus like say that it's like oh it's the government trying to kill people which doesn't even make sense because why would the government kill people when the government's number one source of income is people is taxing people right it makes no fucking sense they don't oligarchs do not want you to die they want you to give you all of your money, give them all of your money, you know, and work until you die. 
there's just no logic with these people. But this guy was like, I can't believe you wear a mask. I'm never getting vaccinated. I'm like, oh my God, what a fucking loser. I can't believe I hooked up with this guy before. And he like, he wanted to use a condom, which I think is insane. So if you like, <laughs> if you, if you use a condom, if you insist on using a condom to fuck, but you refuse to get the COVID vaccine, you're one of the dumbest people alive. You're literally so stupid. You're a stupid person. Because, because STIs are mostly all curable, you know. COVID, long COVID, hmm, I don't, I don't want to live with that, sir. So good luck to you. Anyway, he posted that he has COVID, so. <laughs> I, I, sorry that took so long for me to get out, but he, he posted he has COVID and, um, oh, so sad. Um, oh boy. I might try being sober for most of the year. I think I'm going to do dry January, but starting on the third because it's the weekend still. So I might do that. Obviously my birthday is coming up. It's January 26th. Aquarius season approaches. I'm excited about that. You know, I'm going to be 35 years old, which I'm fine with. I've accepted. I think 35 is actually still really young in the scheme of things. I've been thinking about that. And I'm just like, well, no, that's like still like a pretty good <laughs> young age. And I can do what I want. You know, I'm not beholden to anyone. I don't have children that I have to take care of. I don't have a husband. Would I like to have a husband? Yeah, sure. Things haven't worked out for me on that front, but it's okay. It's okay. I've met two men in my life who I would marry, for sure. Two, and neither of them have asked me. And, you know, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. You know, I don't even know if they know who they are. Who knows? They probably don't know shit. No, maybe they're listening. If you're listening and if you're one of the two men who I would marry, please just get it over with and just ask me to marry you because I can't do this much longer. I'm going to have to go on Match.com and pay $49.95 a month to find a husband. And it'll be your fault because you didn't ask me to marry you. <sighs> the clock's ticking. So yeah, I might try being sober for most of the year. I thought about doing doing it the entire year of me being 35 and maybe like making some sort of like project out of it, like a film or something. But um, I have to go to this wedding in Hawaii in June and I would like to drink at the wedding. So I don't know how to um, reconcile that. So I don't know, we'll see. And you know, I gave up soda recently. I feel like I've already lost weight. Uh, from doing that, I'm drinking a lot more water. Um, yeah, so that's good. Just like, you know, working on my overall health and feeling good. And yeah, I look, I look thinner, which is great. Not trying to trigger anyone who might have like an ED issue or whatever. So anyway, um, I just have a couple more things I want to talk about. So as you know, I love movies which I talk about a lot. I just want to 
really quickly go over my top 10 movies of 2021. So um, I think I've talked about some of these on the pod, but well, here's like the full top 10 and I'm just going to give like a quick little blurb with each one. So number 10 is I'm Your Man, which is a foreign film about a woman. She's a professor and she is also (laughs) unmarried and childless and she um, gets access to this uh, robot, which is designed to look and feel like a real man. And she ends up being in a relationship with the robot. Um, It's a lot better than I'm making it sound. Hold on one sec. Okay, yeah, so that's number 10. Uh, Number nine is Ama, is how you pronounce it, which is a film by Pablo Lorraine, who also directed Spencer, which came out this year. But this movie was filmed way before Spencer. And... um, Oh, it has that guy in it. What's his name? Oh, Gael Garcia Bernal, who I never thought was attractive, but I thought he was pretty good looking in this movie. And I think it's just because he's like older. (sighs) I don't know. Anyway, so it's about this woman who is a dancer in a dance company. And she was in a relationship with Gael, who was the choreographer of the dance company, and they had adopted a kid. And the kid um, had some issues. I guess I can... <laughs> well, he was a pyromaniac. I can say that, but that's not a spoiler. Okay, um, number eight was The Night House. That's the movie with Rebecca Hall where she lives in a house that's kind of... Um, weird things are happening. Her husband just um, passed away. And it's a horror mystery thriller movie. Very interesting. Number seven was The Last Duel. I think I talked about this before. Um, Ridley Scott made two movies this year. He made The Last Duel and House of Gucci. House of Gucci, I think, is terrible. (laughs) It's like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Now that I've had more time to reflect on it, it was so bad. Um, So The Last Duel is much better, though, but nobody saw it. I think, like, 12 people saw it. No, it made very little money. Like, it cost, like, $200 million to make, and I think it made, like, $24 million or something crazy. Maybe, like, $40 million, but it's a a big flop financially. But I thought it was great. Um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck covered it with um, some woman who helped them. Uh, Number six is Pig, the Nicolas Cage movie where he is a former fancy chef who lived in Portland and his truffle pig is missing. Number five is The Lost Daughter, which, you know, I went in with a frowny face because it is Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut. And I'm in a personal feud with the Gyllenhaals because I just think like everything goes well for them. And that upsets me. But uh, the movie was really good. Um, Olivia Coleman is in it. And she is... Um, yeah, she's a professor who, uh, (laughs) she translates works into Italian or like from English into Italian or Italian to English, whatever. Um, there's some really pretentious parts in it that like, I really rolled my eyes, but overall the movie was really good because Maggie Gyllenhaal, she has her husband, Peter Sarsgaard, who... For some reason, I just I just can't get on the Sarsgaard train. He's in the movie 
uh, playing another person in the in the literature translation world, like a linguist. And there's like a part where he's like, you know, where he's like bare chested and his and like his chest is just like glistening with sweat and, and the camera is just like lingering on him. And it's like, we get it, Maggie, that's your your baby daddy and you love him, but we don't need to see all that. Um, <laughs> number four is the French Dispatch. Uh, the new Wes Anderson, I think it's his best yet. Timothy Chalamet was in it. He was great. Loved it. Um, the My favorite section of the movie, it's broken into different sections and stories. My favorite was uh, the Benicio del Toro chapter where he's um, a painter in prison. Uh, number three is French Exit. This is the one with Michelle Pfeiffer uh, where she is divorced from a very rich man. Well, he dies, right? And then she goes to Paris with her son. And, um, well, she's planning, I don't want to give too much away, but she's planning her exit from the world. Um, and there's like some fantastical elements to the movie that some people may not like, but I thought it was good. Uh, number two is Benedetta. That is the new, <laughs> the new Paul Verhoeven film. Uh, as we all know, he loves ass and tits. The movie has plenty of ass and tits. It is, is about a, um, a nun in, I forget what century, the 17th century. Um, she's in a convent and there is a lesbian uh, love story subplot. Uh, but this woman, she also, like, I I don't want to give too much away, but she basically, like, views herself as a biblical prophet. And there's also, um, you know, elements of the Black Plague in it. Black Plague is kind of a plot device in the movie. Very good. And there's lots of tits in the movie because it's Paul Verhoeven. And why wouldn't there be tits? Number one, Licorice Pizza. This is the best movie of 2021. Um, I think it's PTA's best movie ever. I forgive him for making Phantom Thread, which I don't know if I've talked about that on the podcast. Maybe I did in the past, but I really hated that movie. I thought it was horrible. <laughs> I thought it was irresponsible because it's very like triggering. If you've ever been in an abusive relationship, I don't recommend it. Because I was in the theater and I was just like thinking about like every horrible thing that my abusive ex said to me and the way he treated me. I don't know. It was very strange. So anyway, um, those are my top 10. Today I did see another movie. So it's my first movie of 2022. I saw Red Rocket, which is the new Sean Baker movie. And sometimes I have a personal problem with Sean Baker movies. (laughs) So his last movie was The Florida Project. And the problem I had with that movie, I'm going to take a sip of my white claw. Mm. So the problem I had with that, because what he loves to do is he loves to, he likes to scout people who have never really acted. Like he scouts people just like on the street and is like, do you want to be in a movie? Do you want to audition? I don't even know if he auditions people. I feel like he just asks people to be in the movie. That's what he does. And um, one of the leads in Red Rocket, like he just like saw her on the sidewalk at the arc light apparently. And was like, do you want to be in a movie? <laughs> she plays um, a character named Strawberry. But anyway, um, yeah, so the Florida Project, it, it, it so it had, 
elements of of a genre that I refer to as um, poverty porn, which is kind of like where a filmmaker is making a movie, um, like documenting people living in poverty. But the issue is he's like filming people who are actually like in poverty and they have bad lives. And I feel like it's like it's a little like exploitative. I, it's very like weird to me. I don't know how to describe it. There's like a couple other movies that do this and I don't know them off the top of my head, but it's kind of weird. Um, so in Red Rocket, uh, the plot is basically that this guy played by Simon Rex, I forget what his character name is, but he um, was living in LA for a while. He had moved there from Texas and he was a porn star <laughs> for, a while. oh yeah, Mikey is his name. Uh, his his porn name was Mikey Saber. So, because he has a, um, you know, a large member. Um, so he moves back to this small town called Texas City. And he's, like, living with his wife, who he's not divorced from, technically. They're, like, legally married. And she used to be in porn with him. And then she was, like, on drugs and blah, blah, blah. And her mom lives there. And... Her mom, like the woman playing, I think both of these women are not professional actresses. I mean, they did really well in the movie, but I'm pretty sure they have never acted before. Um, And it's basically about like how manipulative this guy is and how he uses people. And, you know, he never takes responsibility for anything. And he's also like having a relationship with a 17 year old girl. (laughs) <laughs> which I know is like, yeah, that sounds really fucked up and it is, but, um, I don't know the way the movie handles it is very interesting and, cause it, it, it shows him as being like a fucking loser, you know, it's not like celebrating him, you know, being this like good guy, like, you know, he's like a shitty guy. And I think it's, it, you know, it's saying a lot about like a lot of themes in our culture right now. Um, so I highly recommend it. You know, I mean, it's talking about like, you know, all these things about like, you know, the way men view women, uh, narcissism and self-obsession. Like this guy's obviously a narcissist and a user and a total psycho. And the acting was really good. I was surprised. Like Simon Rex is actually really good at acting. Um, I looked up some pictures of him when he was young and he was very good looking. Who knew? He was a model. Whatever. So, yeah, if that's playing near you, go see that. It's called Red Rocket. And I guess that's it. Like, you know, I I don't really have much to say. I'm going to work on my list of goals for the year and see what I come up with. Um, hopefully this year is better than last year. And I hope all of you, um, you know, come into health, wealth, and all those other positive things. And I'll be around. I'll be recording, you know, throughout the year. And I'm doing stand-up. I'll be at New Profanity on... Let me get the day. Um, I think it's January 13th. I'm doing stand-up comedy, obviously. <laughs> let me just make sure. Uh, January 13th. New Profanity in West Hollywood. I believe. So, yeah, that's what I'm up to. I'm doing stand-up, getting my life together, and 
going forward, you know. So, um, take care of yourselves and be well. Obviously, follow me on the socials at Fixter Heather, Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, yes, unfortunately, I am on TikTok at Unruly Maroli. Okay, have a nice um, 2022. Be safe out there.